Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Hankook Dynapro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the City of Angels. We have crowned a national champion. A uh, couple things to me are embarrassing, though. Just embarrassing. First of all, there are six AP writers who have national championship, who have votes in the uh, top 25, who voted Central Florida as the number one ranked team in the country. Now, uh, I don't know how the AP works. I really do not. Don't know how the AP works. Don't care how the AP works. The Associated Press writers, many of whom I consider my brethren, uh, I do respect in general the idea of the media. What I don't understand is why I don't have a vote. Cowherd doesn't have a vote. Like a lot of these guys are writers that cover individual teams. And for anyone who has a vote the day after the national championship game is played to vote for Central Florida, uh, 
It's stupid. What are you doing? Well, they didn't lose a game. Well, they didn't really play anybody in the regular season. So I think that I think that's kind of embarrassing. I thought it was embarrassing that the Ridley brothers exchanged jerseys after the game. I get that they're I get that little brother outplayed big brother, and that it's cool to see brothers play against each other, rivals in a national championship game on a neutral field in Atlanta, and after an unbelievable comeback in both regulation and in overtime by Alabama. Alabama was rightfully crowned champion. I, I, it was exciting. Like, dude, the game is over. Get off the field. Let the champion celebrate. And while you say, when are you ever getting to get another opportunity to exchange jerseys? They're brothers. I'm going to guess a lot. Um, so that's the only negative kind of te- Oh, yeah, and the Alabama kicker who is going to go down as a national champion, had four four field goal kickers a layup kick to win the game in regulation. Like, look, did Tua take a sack on first down before the touchdown pass that was a you-can't-take-a-sack-there? Sure, Fromm took the exact same sack uh, for Georgia on the previous possession in overtime. So it's it, it's it's not as if it's not as if even the hero of the game was flawless in his heroic efforts. But I don't know if you know this story, but the kicker for Alabama is like a lifelong Alabama fan. His parents are 20-year season ticket holders for Alabama. If you listen to the broadcast of the game last night, they could not be like, here he went to Ole Miss and there was a kicking opportunity, so he transfers back. Like, this is every... Alabama fans dream. All you got to do is kick a easy little field goal and win a national championship. And he didn't, it wasn't a hit the crossbar. It wasn't in windy weather. It wasn't a questionable hold. I mean, Andy uh, Papanastos just duck hooked a very, very makeable field goal. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, he had a chance for a walk-off field goal to win the game. Ooh. Unbelievable. At the, uh, what yard line was he at? He was at the, uh, it was a 36-yard field goal at the Georgia 17-yard line. And he was like 19 of 20 on field goals inside of 40 all season long. And it wasn't close. So, look, we could go on and on and talk about all the different things in the game. We could take some of your calls, 877-99 on Fox. But let's get down to what it really, what last night was about. Balls, stones, nuts, cajones, lower intestinal fortitude, guts. I understand that offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches are like, hey, coach, we could use Tua here. He can really throw the ball. And I understand that because Jalen Hurts was so bad and so just has been so inept that it seemed like an obvious decision to make. I was even tweeting out during the first half, Jalen Hurts is just limited. I thought they chose the wrong quarterback all season long. And Danny was like, well, they wouldn't have got there without Jalen Hurts. Yes, they would have. They didn't play a particularly strong schedule. They're a really good team. And by the way, 
Nick Saban has been able to get there with poor quarterback play the past couple of years, including last year with Jalen Hurts as a freshman starting quarterback. So the idea they couldn't have gotten there without Jalen Hurts is kind of laughable. I mean, heck, you even go back, you know, three years ago, and he had an athletic quarterback, couldn't ultimately win a, win, win a national championship with it, and I'm sure that kind of played into it, right? I mean, if you look back when Blake Sims was their quarterback, Blake Sims was just not a good enough thrower in an important game against legit defense, and that limited him. But everyone has the idea of, hey, what if we throw in, throw in the throwing quarterback? But to throw in a true freshman in that environment against that defense in that, uh, at that moment in time takes some big stones. And you can remember whatever you'd like to remember about Nick Saban. I can't tell you how your memory should contextualize it. But to me, um, the last two championship games... Have not, he has not had the better team. Georgia had the better team. Clemson two years ago had the better team. But Clemson two years ago, onside kick changed the game. This year, changing quarterbacks changed the game. So I want to get into whether or not if you're Nick Saban, you drop the mic and you walk out, you go to the pros. Uh, I'll tell you why I wouldn't in a moment. But how I will, when when... You know, I watched the game with my son and my wife. My girls weren't really into it. They pretended like they were into it when the game was over. But how I will tell what I will tell my kids about Saban is, hey, when, when it when it was the biggest game of the year, he had the stones, and I'm sure they were prepared for it. Right, the onside kick against Clemson. I'm guessing they prepared for it. And as much as it seemed like a stunner that he would make that call to pull uh, Jalen Hurts into play to it last night, I'm guessing they were prepared for it. Like all these things, I'm guessing they were no question prepared for it. But he had the stones to do it, and he was fortunate to pull it off. And look, some of it was Georgia. Between the safety, uh, safety getting looked off by two on the last play, or simply the play calling, which was abysmal, Sonny Michelle did not touch the ball in the fourth quarter. Didn't touch the ball once. That's criminal. They got cute, direct snap, doing all this other stuff. Like, hey, line one of those two running backs up behind from, let him hand it off or let him play action and then throw the football instead of trying to be cute when you need a couple first downs to put a drive together. But what what a, what a finish. Sloppily played first quarter, sloppily played first half. Better played second half, unbelievable finish, remarkable uh, balls it took to change quarterbacks at half. But I, I don't see Nick Saban's not going to the NFL. He's not. I mean, one, can you imagine changing quarterbacks at the half? Hell, the New York Giants couldn't change quarterbacks on a season which was wasting away. They were better off losing than they were winning, and you couldn't even. Why? Because the quarterback in many ways is bigger than the coach. Don't believe me? Check out what happened in Carolina today. The owner is bigger than the coach. The general manager and president can't ruin the coach. And even if you pick the groceries and he gets you know autonomous power, the fact is there's always going to be somebody above you and there's no one other than God above you at Alabama. And while you might say, hey, 
Why not accomplish it on a bigger stage? Okay. I think a lot of people think that way. But first of all, you can have better players than 90% of your opponents when you're at Alabama, maybe even more, a higher percentage. And secondly, would you rather go down as a great college coach or one of the greatest college coaches of all time and a guy who ultimately maybe you win in the pros or would you go down as the greatest college coach of all time? Because that right now is where his legacy stands. And if he continues to build and add to it, then the legacy continues to, to grow. He can push, brush it off and say, no, 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 no. And Bear Bryant's still the greatest or whatever. But that's like Magic Johnson saying Kobe Bryant's the greatest Laker of all time. We know Magic's the greatest Laker of all time. We know Nick Saban, what he's done in the modern era with 85 scholarships, the competitiveness of the college football game, now uh, a plus one disguised as a college football playoff. All those things going into it, we've never seen anybody with this level of dominance, that level of guts, that level of of uh, of recruiting aptitude, and oh yeah, by the way, he's done it without great quarterbacks. You know, the only guy that you know the the two guys that were competitive on this on this level in the last twenty years were Mac Brown and Pete Carroll. And Mac Brown, when Colt McCoy graduated, that thing fell apart. And Pete Carroll, once he started to lose his assistance, it was like a great six-year run. But the truth is, that thing fell apart once Matt Leinart graduated. I have close friends that are Georgia fans and Atlanta Falcon fans, and I feel for you. But if it hurts today, it just shows that you really care. There is not one team in sports, even Oklahoma State. I like, you know, I'm closer to, I feel more with Oklahoma State football than I do with basketball sometimes because I covered basketball on, on, a, on a higher level. Uh, but even when Oklahoma State, you know, lost a, what would have been a shot at the BCS a couple of years ago, I didn't feel true pain. So if you feel pain today, you know it's because you really cared. What stones it took to pull that thing off. Even if the decision was obvious. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. couple things to know about with the uh, Ball Brothers playing Lithuania. They're playing a junior game. And it's not even a real junior game. It's a friendly. And so to people, like, here's kind of the genius, the, the diabolical genius to it, right? Like, because... People who are on Facebook don't know anything about or don't know anything about sports. They'll watch it and they'll say to themselves, wow, LeAngelo Ball had 19 points in his first professional game. Like, it's not a professional game. It's a friendly against a junior team that's playing against a high school team. You're playing 17-year-old kids. He's 19. Like, <laughs> secondly, uh, this is important. Lithuania is not Russia. Just I want to make sure to point that out. It used to be part of the Soviet Union, but it's its own country now. It's not even close to Russia. Do some people speak Russian? Uh, yes, many people um, speak Russian in Lithuania. They also speak a Lithu- Lithuanian. No, really? Yes. Yes. Um, so, I just it's very, very hard to talk to people who don't know anything about anything. And... God bless Jeff Goodman because he's actually a friend of mine and I think, and he's just doing his job, but it's really hard when people just, they only choose to decipher 
you know, a tweet with stats and be like, that's what he, he had 19 points. And the other one had like nine points. Like, yeah, they're playing against high school kids. Yes, music. How many professional scouts are actually going to watch what the Ball brothers are doing in Lithuania as a means for judging that they can make the next step to the NBA or even the G League? Very few. There's there was two other Lithuanian juniors that play in the game that I think people want to see, um, but there was no level of intensity to it. There's no real, very little. I, I my guess would be when I've talked to NBA people that like they'll never they'll never even get a shot in the NBA because of the dad. It's counterintuitive. So maybe he's able to do the Kardashian thing and build a brand and make a bunch of money on it. But those guys are are marginal talents at that level, and. In order to make it as a marginal talent, you can't do it if your dad is going to criticize coaching staff, other players, front office management. So, um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty interesting. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Because Alabama, like Ohio State a couple years ago, because Alabama won the national championship, and Alabama was the four seed who did not win the SEC championship game. There are people that say, see, you don't have to win a championship game. Why don't we just make it a real tournament? Why don't we just open it up to eight teams? Which sounds really smart, right? Who doesn't want more football? Um, and I actually think, it. I, I actually believe it would be, there should be a reward for a conference championship. It's a, it's a flaw. It's a flaw to the system that there aren't five spots, right? Have to win your league or even six spots. Have to win your league and then give a space for a Notre Dame or one at-large, the best team that doesn't. Like that, that it does kind of sort of make sense. Here's the problem with it. The more is more idea and the we got to be the NCAA tournament. Look, the NCAA tournament works because of the bracket, Right? You guys do, how many teams are in the NCAA tournament? Ryan Music? 64? Uh, no. Oh, you, you want to try again there? Uh, uh, Ramos, how many teams in the NCAA tournament? Uh, 68. 68. How many teams on the actual bracket? 64. Yes. You know why they haven't changed the bracket since they went to 68 teams and played the first four, which essentially play in games, though they sort of consider it part of the tournament? You know why? Because all anybody cares about is the bracket. Right? The reason that thing makes a ton of money is the volume of games and anybody can fill out a bracket. Anybody can figure out how that works. And you're not going to get to 64. You're not going to get to 32. You're not going to get to 16. You're going to get to eight if you even expand at all. And that bracket, not really worth, the, you know, there'll be too many perfect brackets. It just doesn't work the same way. But there, there, is, there is a sensible, honest argument for like, hey, you know, 85 scholarships, there's a ton of good teams. Wouldn't you like to see Central Florida? Fine. I have, n- I have nothing against Central Florida. Nothing. If you take the five conference champions, okay, that would be Clemson, Georgia, uh, Wisconsin, right? USC, that's four. And uh, let's see here, Oklahoma. There's your five conference champions. And then you took three at-large teams. Say you took a Central Florida. Say you took an Alabama. Say you took an Ohio State. It's not a bad tournament. It's really not. 
But but the first thing is you you're going to now play 16 games whoever wins the thing 16. Um and I don't know if you've been paying attention to the NFL but it's hard to keep dudes healthy for 16 games let alone college teams who you can't go out and sign guys mid-season. You just can't. Can't sign guys mid-season. So and I mean could you add more scholarships? You can, but I don't know if you understand how scholarships work at colleges. You add five more scholarships to football, you got to add five more scholarships in the women's side. And that's not generally the trend in college athletics. Less, not more. With 85 scholarship players and 15 to 20 redshirting per year, like you just don't have that many bodies for 16 games. That's the first thing. Um... The second thing is this, and this hasn't been discussed. They got the dream possible scenario this year with Alabama and Georgia. Georgia hadn't been to the Rose Bowl ever, right? Or or no, since the 1940s. And they had never played Oklahoma. So the idea, you can go to Georgia. And then the second game, all you had to do is get in your car and drive. You're a Georgia alum, Georgia fan, living in Atlanta, living near Athens, whatever. Same thing for Alabama. Remember, you go back a year ago and Clemson had trouble selling tickets to the national semifinal. They had tickets. They have sometimes trouble, depending on location, selling tickets to the championship game. (laughs) There's just not that much money to which you can travel around to three different sites to see your team play, let alone two. Like, well, we'll do home sites. Look, all you're doing is playing an additional game. And you're making your fans travel more. And you're diminishing any sort of value to any of the other bulls, which may not matter to you, but the bulls do actually work. They're fine. And you can't play 16 games. And then the last part is everybody says, man, I'd like to see Central Florida, but nobody actually wants to see Central Florida. And I have, again, I have no bone to pick with Central Florida. I'm just telling you from 25, 30 years of data with the NCAA tournament, there is no statistical proof that people actually want to watch Cinderella's in the second and third weekend of the NCAA tournament. They just don't. When Kentucky's in it, when Kansas is in it, when Duke is in it, when Carolina's in it, the numbers are up. When there's two or two or three of these blue bloods in it, they're they're sky high. Will we see Cinderella against the Duke? Sure, but you better have Duke. So the idea that Central Florida, man, wouldn't we love to see them against Alabama? Well, if they win, no, apparently not. We don't watch. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. He's a three-time Super Bowl champion. He's a Fox Sports NFL analyst. He's Mark Schlereth. He's going to join us in moments on the show. I want to ask him, uh, first, you guys see him win Twitter last week? He was talking about college football, and somebody asked him about what you wear. What have you ever won? He said he, he was talking about the Heisman Trophy. He took a picture of his three Super Bowl rings. It's pretty, pretty stellar stuff. Just stuff that we can't. I, w- I want to ask him if he's ever seen anything like that. Like that, that's a, that's a stunner. Uh, we've seen guys come out of basketball games, but usually due to foul difficulty. Not because they just weren't that good, right? And I did not hold Jalen Hurts in, in high regard as a passer, but he had been the starting quarterback since essentially the day he arrived on campus in Tuscaloosa. So what a, what a move from Nick Saban. 
And you can sit there and, and look, here's the thing about Saban and Belichick. Everybody's comparing the two. The fact is, there's no way he makes that move. No way he makes that move unless he had prepared to make that move, right? Unless, unless they had gotten Tua ready in the weeks leading up to the college football playoff in case they need to throw the ball more. You don't go like, all right, well, let's go to plan B. Their plan B was ready to go. Mark Slayer joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Can you remember a game played at a high level where a coach pulled a quarterback at the half? <laughs> no. I mean, phenomenal. First, it's just, like you said, obviously the prep work had been done. There had been preparation in the weeks leading up to that. But to still have, you know, the, the courage to do it, um, the onions to make that move is huge at the half. And I think the thing that was most impressive to me, and it's one of the reasons I love football, and it's one of the reasons that I love sports, and it's really easy to talk about success, and it's really easy to talk about sacrifice, and it's really easy to mention these are the things that set championship teams apart from teams that don't win championships. But it's very hard in reality to put that together. Here's Jalen Hurts. Who, uh, who? Uh, let's face it, man. Twenty-five and two as a starter may never play quarterback for the University of Alabama again. Yeah. Probably won't. May have to switch positions or switch schools if he wants to continue to play quarterback at a high level. And the first guy to congratulate the backup quarterback was he. He, he was celebrating in somebody else's success, like it was his own success after being benched, after being pulled, after being humiliated, celebrating in another success, you want to talk about championship qualities. You want to talk about sacrifice and the things it takes, the things that are required to win championships, Doug. That, to me, man, like, to me, I became an Alabama fan. I became a fan of that kid going, that is the most unbelievable thing I've ever witnessed. I mean, his excitement for his backup that came in to help win that game, it was palpable. And you don't see that, man. You don't see that anywhere in society. So I applaud the kid. I just am like, what an unbelievable inspiration for me to watch that unfold. And I couldn't take my eyes off of him. I mean, he was genuinely happy for somebody else's success, even though it meant probably his overall demise at the University of Alabama. Yeah, it's incredible. Cr- I, I, I found myself in awe as well. I don't have that in me. I just, I don't. Like, I do I want my teammates to succeed? Yeah. But I, I can remember every time I was ever pulled in a game, like, I really didn't want us to, pl- I, I, I didn't want anybody to get hurt. I didn't want anybody to play poorly, but I didn't want the team to play better when I, w- when I wasn't in. I just didn't have that in me. Uh-huh. So, right. I, wish I, was, I wish I was a better human being, but I'm not. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. And, you know, I mean, I probably feel there's part of me that feels the same way. You know, you want to win and all, but really, really a difficult thing. And it was a testament to that kid and his commitment to his university and to the people around him. So I applaud him. No question. Mark Slavert joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Usually I, I, I have to be cautious about anybody falling in love with the Saints because we know they're a different team out of the Dome. But doesn't that change when they're playing in another dome? Like, I know it's a road environment, but it's more about, you know, Drew Brees' ability to throw in open air. They're built to play on a fast turf surface, 
Isn't that what they're going to do this weekend in Minnesota? I would imagine. Also, you know, they played Minnesota the opening game of the season. Um, the pressure, and we've seen this. You know, we've seen quarterbacks. Um, you know, we saw it in Los Angeles with a second-year quarterback in Jared Goff, who really took some time to get going. It really wasn't. He really wasn't solid until you know, kind of later in the second half, and. Um, and I saw, you know, a guy like Matt Ryan, to me, who was absolutely tremendous under a ton of intense pressure and scrutiny, um, his ability to scramble without leaving the pocket, you know, suddenly slide side to side, just rotate his shoulders enough to miss the outstretch arms of Aaron Donald or Quinn and, and to be able to still keep his eyes focused down the field and complete passes and, and to me, you know, it gave them that lead so that they could play a more balanced football game um, because truly their weakness is their offensive line. Um, if they have to drop back, if they're forced to drop back 30 or 40 times in a game, you know, they're going to struggle. They're going to have a tough time. And um, I thought he was tremendous. And, you know, I thought Jared Goff was okay in the first half. I thought he got really much better in the second half. But, you know, the extended layoff of, of a bye week and then the pressure of your first playoff game and the fact that you've been a journeyman, um, you know, I will definitely give that edge, obviously, to Drew Brees and, you know, what he's been able to accomplish, and especially going into the game against Carolina that just said, you are not going to beat us running the football, and you're not going to beat us with your backs catching the ball either, and Drew Brees is like, okay, well, how do you want me to beat you then? You want me to beat you over the top? All right, I can do that. I mean, I'm Drew Brees, so... Um, it should be it should be an incredible game, and, and obviously looking forward to it. All right, let's go to uh, Philadelphia hosting the Atlanta Falcons. You talked about Matt Ryan. Um, have they figured something out? Are are they are they just now healthy with their skill position players? What has changed? I know their defensive backfield uh, has improved as they've gone to you know, more man concepts, but what in your mind has changed? It's allowed a disappointing season to suddenly turn around for the Falcons. Well, I think there's a couple of things. I think that, you know, when I covered them, Doug, and I did one of their games, they're one of the most exceptionally gifted athletic teams in football. Um, They're fairly, on the defensive side of the ball, I think they're fairly undersized. Um, But they are fast side to side. Uh, Their young players, especially the linebacking core, have developed and gotten so much better. Um, Jones in the middle has just been... Um, unbelievable, and so I think that part is really that part has really come to the forefront for them. Um, defensive backfield, their safeties, their two cornerbacks can run. I mean, they are track stars, but they're good football players in Alford and uh, and Trufant. So I think they're a really good defense. They're a defense to me that you gotta you just gotta stand in front of and bludgeon. Um, you know, straight down, take away the athleticism, the the speed and athleticism from side to side. Take that away from them and use the, the undersized nature of their defense against them and just come straight downhill. Is Philadelphia willing to do that? Um, and Doug Peterson, he's done it in the past. I called a game against the Chargers in which he did it, but I've also witnessed him on several different occasions try to win the game just by doing nothing but throwing the football. And that, to me, is a recipe for disaster with Nick Foles playing quarterback for them to put too much on his plate. So... You know, there's that aspect of it. Obviously, um, Matt Ryan has become more and more comfortable as the season's worn on with a new play caller. Um, they lacked rhythm early in the season. 
Um, they are starting to find that rhythm again. You know, 11-0 and when they've scored 20-plus points and 0-6 and when they haven't scored 20-plus. So, uh, obviously, that's kind of their season in a nutshell, but I just think there's more rhythm, play calling. You're more coordinated between your play caller and your quarterback. They're all on the same page. And I just think that rhythm has taken time. It's taken time between Matt Ryan and a new coordinator and, and, uh, and Sark. And so I think that's really the, the big difference there. All right, let's go to the AFC. Can Jacksonville win with a quarterback who can't throw for 100 yards? No. Uh, they did in week five. Uh, he went 8 of 14 in week five, did Bortles, for 95 yards. And they won a game 30 to 9. But they turned Ben Roethlisberger over five times, and they took one to the house for a pick six. Um, you're not going to get that kind of production. Uh, Bortles has got to be significantly better. And, you know, as a play caller, I mean, you tried. You tried to sneak a fullback out in the flat on a fullback slide, and you did the same thing with a tight end slide off a boot keep look, and you tried to throw three or four screens, and – um, it was it was absolutely miserable. I mean, you try to get your quarterback into a rhythm, and you couldn't get it. At one point, I could just imagine on the sideline, you huddle up your offense and you just say, hey, Blake, um, if you think about throwing it, run it. And um, the first read in your progression is not your X, and it's not your Z, or it's not your Y. The first read is the D line. Find a hole and take off because you're worthless when it comes to throwing the ball today. Uh, all right, last thing. Um, how much of it is Andy Reid and Nagy, who, of course, now they coach the Bears and the play calling, and how much of it is, like, look, this is who Alex Smith is, and the, the, the player limits the play calling, where the Chiefs once again give away a big lead and can't win a home game? Yeah, I, you know, I put that all on coaching. Uh, you can't tell me you got a, what, an 18-point lead in the second half, and... Your running back gets your running back who led the league in rushing and was really the difference in the last four games when you came back. You lost six of seven, and then you won, I think, your last four weeks in a row. And the difference was you went back to running the ball with Hunt. And then you get into a game like that, and Hunt gets the ball 11 times. And I think the majority of those 11 carries happened in the first half. Are you kidding me? You got to. You know, you've got that kind of lead, and you don't eat up the clock. You, you still, see, by doing that, by allowing that time on the clock as a coaching staff, you kept the read option running game open for them. You just didn't make their young quarterback, Marcus Mariota, who has struggled mightily from the pocket this year, you did not make that guy beat you from the pocket. You left the, you know, and ultimately uh, a, a football game has about 12 to 13 possessions. You eat up the clock in the third quarter, and all of a sudden you're down to, say, nine possessions. Well, guess what? As a coaching staff on the other side, you're like, we got to get out of that run game. We got to get out of that read zone game because we don't have time to run anymore. And now all of a sudden, if you can just cover, for crying out loud, Delaney Walker is truly the only weapon they have in the passing game. If you just cover Delaney Walker, you win that game walking away. But you didn't even give yourself an opportunity as a coaching staff to do that. I mean, it's it's mind-boggling to me that you go down that road. Yep. Uh, great stuff as always, Stink. Look forward to talking to you next week as we will uh, find out who's playing in our championship games. 
I I can take from your voice. I know who you're picking. We appreciate you joining <laughs> us. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. All right, Doug. You take care, buddy. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Saints have been running the football and throwing the ball to Alvin Kamara a lot out of the backfield, but their run game was stymied, and they found our next guest eight times, over 140 yards receiving. I've seen every one of the highlights. Didn't even touch the ball first quarter, but then he kind of got it going. He showed why he's been virtually unstoppable here late in the season. Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Michael, how are you? I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me on. Okay, so uh, uh, what was the game plan heading into the Carolina game? Um, you know, we had a great week of practice. Um, I felt like we, we worked on the things that we know they did, and then we worked on things that they could potentially do and show. So I feel like it was all in the preparation, and we just prepared really well and were able to execute at a high level on Sunday. It's it just a credit to our coaches. The game plan was pretty much simple, and um, we had a plan. It did seem like, though, that they took away your run game, and that's when the adjustments that's when the adjustments were made, right? Like, was, was there something that they did differently that stopped your ability to run the football? Um, you know, they, they loaded the box. They played a lot of single high safety. They, um, they tried to switch it up on us for uh, a bit. But, you know, when you beat a team two times in a row during the season and have to face them a three times, a, a third time, you have to expect un- unexpected and prepare. And credit to our coaches for knowing that and seeing that at the beginning of the week and having a plan for, you know, a plan A and a plan B. And I feel like we have enough talent on our offense to execute and complement each other. So we just did what we had to do and play Saints, fo- play Saints football. Uh, by the way, uh, you tweeted at Colin Cowherd, uh, our good friend, uh, in regards to the question, which QB had the most impressive playoff performance? Uh, obviously, you said it's uh, this isn't even debated and it wasn't even close. Drew was outstanding, and it, it felt like they took away a lot of the underneath stuff and where he found you, you know, coming over the middle, he found you a couple of, you know, he threw a couple of absolute dimes to you. What about Drew? Um, like, look, playoff Drew, it's got to be a different guy. Like, he, he seems pretty laid back. Was, he, was his level of focus different, level of preparedness different? Was there any difference in Drew Brees in the playoffs as opposed to the regular season? Um, you know, that was my first game playing with them in the playoffs. I feel like Drew Brees is most consistent quarterback in the NFL. If you look at the numbers and watch how he plays, he doesn't change much. He definitely elevated to another level at this game, but I feel like he does that week in and week out. So just just um, having a guy like that behind center and having a leader like that, um, guys, uh, younger guys, you know, we feed off that. We, we want to be more accountable for a guy like that because we know how he handles his business. So, I mean, I'm excited to advance this next round with him and, and, and um be on the same side of him and help help my team get this victory. But ultimately, Drew is, you know, in my eyes, an MVP of the NFL. We, we talked to Alvin last week, and he was saying, like, look, I try to describe to what, what the Dome is like uh, during a big game. It's like a party. Is that what it was like in a playoff game? Oh, yes, sir. It's, it's, it's what, however, however you think of, like, a concert feel, like, you know, that, that main stage, that, that, ultimate environment, like a frenzy, that's exactly what it was, and we feed off the fans, and they're tremendous. All right, so now you get now you get one of the most dynamic defenses in the NFL. Good news is you get to play in a dome, which is kind of super comfortable for you guys. You guys are you guys are built to play on that fast surface of the dome. Drew, I think, throws a little bit better in the dome. Like, everything seems to work that way, but you're playing against an outstanding defense of Minnesota. 
Like, I know you can't give away the game plan, but what about the Minnesota defense is problematic for anybody's offense? Your offense, anybody's offense, what makes that defense special? Um, you know, they, they play complement defense also. They have a lot of tools on that defense, you know, a lot of a lot of guys that make plays and help them win games. And um, I feel like we have a lot of tools on our offense also. So ultimately it's gonna be another week where we're gonna have to go in and we're gonna have to prepare. We're gonna have we're gonna have to like you know, we're gonna do more, um, correct our mistakes, enhance our weaknesses and same thing. Same game plan we've been doing, how we've been winning games, but just enhance it, find ways to enhance it, and we just have to stay on, stay on point, eliminate the mistakes, protect the ball, play things football, and I feel like we'll we'll be fine. You know what's interesting about it is like this is a rematch of a first week of the season game, but like Dalvin Cook was their running back, Sam Bradford was their quarterback, like your your guys, Adrian Peterson, uh, of course, was coming back home, like. I, I did you, did you even watch? Can you even pick up that much from the tape, considering how long ago it was? Um, you know, yeah, it's uh, it's like night and day from when we first played them. I feel like, but you know, you still have to prepare. You still have to work hard. You still have to respect your opponent, and you know, until you match up against them. But you know, we're I honestly believe in our coach, and I, I believe in our our plan to win. Um, our keys to victory, we have to take those and apply those from the first day. First day, we hit on the field, and we just have to be on point, and I feel like we'll be fine. You know, if you guys win and the Falcons win, you get them for a third time, you get them at home. You do know that, right? Yeah, but one week at a time, but I'll be lying to you if I said I didn't know that. But, yeah, we'll take it one week at a time. And then, the, and then the other thing you could do is you could, like, leave something in the locker room. You ever seen that trick, right? Like, you, let's say you guys win, you leave something in the locker room, like, all right, we'll be back in three weeks. Right? You ever thought about yeah. that? Oh yeah, that I mean that'd be a pretty cool idea. But coach likes us to say one week at a time, so I'm just gonna keep it one week at a time. Yeah, yeah. On this uh, in front of us. Um, yeah, I take it you watched the national championship game last night. Yes, sir. What were your thoughts? Great game. Uh, my quarterback, what he did, what he showed to be able to come in there. You know, he's a freshman. He's never been in that position, and. You know, he's going to have a couple of mistakes, but, you know, he got him out the way early and then he came back and responded. And you have to respect a guy like that on that type of level, you know, um, the highest level of the national championship, a lot of the line. To be able to get that done, shows a lot about him. Yeah, it, it does. Then, it so might, might be a little Cardale, right? Um, yeah, but Cardale kind of had two extra games before he actually got to the national championship. So, he, you know, he kind of a little different. That, that guy went in with one half and, did what he had to do yeah, as a freshman. So. Yeah, I mean, here, here's the difference, right? Like, Cardell didn't really play and then started two games before starting the national championship game, whereas Tua got to play. He got in about five or six games, and then he, he doesn't play for, you know, he played the Mercer game and then doesn't play the couple games leading up. And, and at half, like, have you ever seen, like, I don't know, have you ever seen that? Like, halftime of a championship game, you pull your starting quarterback and play a true freshman? Yeah, no, I never saw it, but they got the job done. They worked out um, to their advantage, and that just shows how, you know, Saban runs that program up there, and then it also shows how those guys, are how they're practicing. Um, even though he probably wasn't getting all the reps or all the live reps, um, he was still prepared, and that's, that's one thing that Cardell Jones was. That's the same way he was, too, when he had his moment. So, I mean, I'm impressed by stuff like that. Who isn't impressed by stuff like that? Pretty amazing game. Uh, last thing. Uh, Ted Ginn showed, but he's like 32 now, and he's still got he still got that gear, huh? Yeah, he definitely has the fountain of youth. That guy can run for days. He probably could go try out for the Olympics right now, and 
you know, he's played a lot of football, but he's not slowing down. No, he's got, when he catches it, he doesn't always catch it, but when he does catch it, good luck catching him. Hey, listen. No, 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 no. Don't say he doesn't always catch it. He doesn't always. Come come on, man. We've watched him. He doesn't always. You didn't say it. I said it. He doesn't always catch it when he does catch it. You're watching old film. You're not watching him on the Saints. He probably only has like two or three drops this year. He's got those new gloves. He's got those new gloves, right? It's it's the new. It's the new. The new stuff. I'm I'm messing with. I'm messing with. We have the we have the new we have the coaching and the uh, quarterback. I I guess. And he has the talent. So I'm impressed by how he's playing. I'm excited to see him as he's going this way. It's going to be a fun game in Minnesota. Safe travels up there. Maybe we'll see you in three weeks uh, on the field yet again. Thanks so much for joining us on Fox Sports Radio. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Michael yes. Thomas, 1,245 yards uh, on 104 catches this year. 104 catches. That's a lot. For a young player, 24 years old. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.